You might know me from my weekend show. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB, Saturday afternoons from 3 to 6. And uh, if you haven't heard my show, you don't know where I'm coming from. I'm a Libertarian. I'm actually an extreme Libertarian. I'm a narco-capitalist. Happy to answer questions about that. It's an anarcho-capitalist, not a narco-capitalist, not a drug dealer, and a narco-capitalist. But in the here and now, what I do, what I care about the most is... Uh, defending the Bill of Rights. I think that the United States Bill of Rights is the one thing that stands between us and a really dark age of tyranny. So I'm trying to kick the can on that age of tyranny by defending the Bill of Rights. And what that means a lot of times is that I question the official narrative of a lot of the news that we get because I feel like inevitably at the end of anything that is getting just round the clock uh, nonstop coverage on national cable TV news is always ends with the punchline of some policy that that will encroach upon our rights. So I think there is not only the Rahm Emanuel policy in effect, never let a good crisis go to waste, but that the Edward Bernays policy of if you need a crisis to pass a policy, create the crisis. So I go down the rabbit hole a little bit. Uh, not everybody goes down there with me, but it's usually pretty entertaining and uh, a, a good ride. So if you do want to hear the show, I'm on Saturdays from 3 to 6. If you have heard it already, then you know uh, my producer and sidekick, Brad Binkley, who's here with me now. Hey, Binkley, how you doing? Oh, I'm fantastic after that traffic. Right. you. The, how stressful was that? It wasn't stressful at all. It's very relaxing whenever it rains in Atlanta and people drive. I would have thought holiday week is a little easier on the rush hour. It was like taking a nap. It was so relaxing. <laughs> I can't tell if that's sweat or rain on your brow, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ease off on you a little. Take it easy on you today. Did you? Let's let's talk of more cheerful things. Did you um, get anything interesting for Christmas? I got this really awesome crate full of chocolates like i've never seen before in my life (laughs) hey man i bought you every conspiracy book that i know and love i had to start buying you chocolate i love chocolate it's your other main interest what about you uh well i you know i'm a mom i'm a like typical whatever soccer mom (laughs) and i um so i had a pretty normal list i wanted a juicer which i got (laughs) <laughs> I wanted a robot vacuum, which I love so much. Like, I feel like it's a false god. I just love <laughs> this robot. That is how much of a mom I am. So happy with the robot. You vacuum. might want to be careful with that thing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, no, it's totally innocuous. The dogs think it's a new pet. If they're a little <laughs> jealous, but um, but I I had a couple of odd items on my Christmas list that uh, that. Raised a couple of eyebrows. You maybe raised your eyebrows since you're one of the people I asked for it. 
I actually asked for this year an issue of Penthouse and an issue of Playboy. That's what I used to ask for when I was 10. <laughs> but I just want to read the article. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. You know I do because the, the Playboy I asked for, I asked you for, it's this month's issue with the Stormy Daniels interview. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's, a, real, that's a real good one. <laughs> but you did the gentlemanly thing, and you didn't actually send me the magazine. You just sent me the article, although it was complete with the pictures of her. Uh, right. Wasn't that bad? <laughs> but the penthouse, I asked my husband for that, and he just immediately – so he, he immediately said no. I guess he said penthouse is too raunchy. I really do not know the difference. I don't know what qualifies as raunchy, and I'm never going to know because he did the same thing you did, and he just gave me the article that I was looking for. But it was bad because the the magazine is like 20 years old, the issue I wanted, maybe 15 years old. And uh, and so he tore the article out. And I like I collect books. I collect deep history. I try to find you know the real story and the original sources. So to destroy a collectible, however raunchy, I just I could I can't deal with it. But it was the gentlemanly thing. So he did it, and I appreciate it because I really wanted the article, and it was everything I had hoped for. So um, should I tell you about what it? was it about? What was the article about? What the old article was. It was an interview with Max Kellerman. Do you know who Max Kellerman is? Does I've heard you talk of him Kellerman? before. Huh? The sports analyst? Yes. I didn't even realize that he had like a – that he had gotten a real sh- – like a mainstream show. He now has a show, First Take, I think, on ESPN. But I only knew him because he was a boxing commentator. And my family goes way back in boxing. Um my grandfather was Panama Pat, the U.S. Army champ, building the Panama Canal, which I had to look up the dates on that because it seems so untrue. But, in fact, it's true. That's a good name, Panama Pat. Yes. He was super uh, – let's just say he was very old when my mother was born, and my mother was very old when I was born. I'm going with that story to try to justify this. <laughs> so, so I have a long line of boxers in my family. And I, I kind of I like to watch boxing. I'm not like a crazy fan and know all the stats and everything. But Kellerman is a commentator. And he, I always liked him. He was pretty good. Uh, and then I was watching the one fighter I really like is Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, who's uh, I think he's from Kazakhstan. He was the middleweight champ. And I used to like Canelo Alvarez also. He's a Mexican guy, uh, good-looking, red-haired guy. But they had a fight. Last year, which I was at, and Triple G won hands down. But it was called a tie. And Kellerman comes out and says, oh, yeah, well, it was pretty close. The judge had a bad day, whatever. And I was like, I realized he had completely, or in my opinion, sold out. It was such baloney. And, uh, and then, like two weeks ago, you and I did a show on Kellerman uh, really reaming Steph Curry for saying he didn't believe in the moon landing. And for for Kellerman, who I felt was well aware that conspiracies exist because or or that people cover things up, I don't know. I just did not like – the way he handled the Triple G thing just seemed ridiculous to me. And then for him to get so adamant that everything in the world is what you see is what you get and Steph Curry was corrupting the youth – uh, 
a tweet sent me um, gave me the heads up that this article existed where Max had been interviewed and talked about how boxing was fixed. So I figured I had the smoking gun against this guy, and uh, and I feel like I did because, and it's actually like uh, I believe that what he was writing is more. It speaks not only to boxing, but to how I think a lot of this stuff works generally in academics and politics. Uh, He says that the way it works is uh, if you're a judge, you you need to get gigs, and the gigs come not only with pay but with perks. So if you know who everybody wants to win, if you know who who is the the guy that the money people want winning, you can just – skew your uh, judgments towards those people and know that you're going to get a place in the sun. You're going to get these perks. And he even specifically was asked, uh, so this is the guy, I'm talking about the guy who, in my opinion, really uh, just acted like this Triple G Canelo fight was close and it totally wasn't. So he writes, there's this one quote in here, which I just thought was so telling. He says, uh, the, the guy asks him, the interviewer asks him, do you think the Holyfield-Lewis fight was fixed? Now, this is before my time. I wasn't really paying attention back then. But this is what Kellerman said. He said, you'd have to be, the first Holyfield-Lewis decision was so bad, you'd have to be retarded to think Evander Holyfield drew or won that fight. A baby-born retarded can't be incompetent enough to give that fight to Holyfield, let alone a professional. Because the guy was saying, well, maybe they were just incompetent. Now, I actually have a son who has Down syndrome. And and I'm convinced that he, if he saw that first Triple G Canelo fight, would have known Triple G won because Canelo was backing up the whole time. So I could literally replace Canelo and Triple G with Holyfield Lewis and, uh, and accuse Kellerman of doing the same thing. So I feel like I have the smoking gun here on uh, on... How it really, like, as, as a bigger picture of how it really works to get people to get on board with a, um, an official narrative that supports what the powers that be or whoever's powerful in that industry or whatever wants to support. And people close ranks around that. So Steph Curry uh, immediately realized that he had stepped on toes. He was going to back backed off that. And... Um, but I did like something that uh, another tweet called to my attention. Kyrie Irving, I guess, defended Steph Curry in a way. And I'm hoping to get to a little bit of that later. But the real, I was, I thought the, the Stormy Daniels article also had a kind of revealing backstory, no pun intended, <laughs> where you, Binkley, you're so good at digging up uh, smoking guns from people's past that I feel like you really exposed Stormy Daniels for, I don't know how carefully you read the article, but she actually, you contradict, you prove that, that her story has plenty of BS in it, in your, what you dug up on her from like 10 years ago. So I want to go through her article, her interview, and I want your smoking gun audio that, uh, that will, I think, I think tears down the whole Stormy Daniels story that has dominated the news for like two years already so we're gonna get to that and um what else what else should we get to we're gonna play a game 
We're going to mm-hmm. play. Let's uh, we're going to give we're going to give away a prize. Let's try to do that at 830. So we're on from seven to nine at 830. We'll pull we'll uh, play a little game. Ask a question. Whoever gets the question right is going to get the today's prize pack. And uh, uh, and that's it. So let's take a quick break and we'll get back to the the Stormy Daniels interview and Binkley's smoking gun audio on uh, on Stormy's past. This is Monica Perez filling in for Mark Aram. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, more after the break. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. This is Monica Perez filling in for Mark Aram. And uh, I'm here with my producer, Fred Binkley. And uh, we're talking about something I asked for for Christmas, which he actually gave me, or at least in part, uh, that I had asked for him to get me the current issue of Playboy because Stormy Daniels was interviewed in it. And I actually thought it would be interesting to hear some of the things she had to say. I'd heard some of the quotes um, maybe about being a feminist. or I just was curious. I thought maybe it would be a little different from the stuff that's trotted out on Fox or CNN. And, uh, you know, it didn't blow me away, as it were. But if you... Binkley, what did you think was the reason? Why was she in Playboy? I mean, as you pointed out, they, there was nothing new for Playboy to show in the pictures. Yeah, Stormy Daniels in Playboy. Say it again? Stormy Daniels in Playboy is ridiculous. If, unless you're going to show her dressed conservatively in a church praying, <laughs> give me something that you can't find 4,000 of on Pornhub. So her being in Playboy is just a virtue signal because Playboy has been dying. Porn killed Playboy a long time ago. Pamela Anderson actually wrote an article about that. And so what they're doing is they put they put Stormy in there to get people to sign up to their subscriptions because it's a virtue signal. They know that anybody who hates Trump, you can drive people. It's it's a marketing ploy is basically oh, so what it what's, is. So what's a virtue signal? Like you just say, is it like dog whistling? Uh, a virtue signal is like if I see some, if I see some guy putting his arm around uh, – his lady and I walk up and I and I very loudly so that everybody can hear me go, excuse me, sir, you don't own this woman. <laughs> so that your girl likes you more. Well, I don't know who would like me more if I actually <laughs> did that. But apparently some people on the left are into those kind of virtue signals. Well, if you're not a feminist, you're a misogynist. Basically. That's right. Isn't that, isn't that the latest dialect? I think so. You've got to be you've got to be one or the other. So, OK, so being in Playboy is a virtue signal. Uh, for a porn star. So you can, yeah. it's now feminist to got by Playboy. All right, so let's read some of the excerpts from Stormy Daniels, see what we think of that, and then, but we've got uh, a big reveal later on that. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. This is Monica Perez in for Mark Aram today. If you have heard my show, I'm on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6. I'm a hardcore libertarian. I, uh, I'm so, I'm such a libertarian. I'm actually an anarcho capitalist, but, uh, I want to kick the can. So I try to defend the Bill of Rights. And in so doing, I analyze the news with the idea of how does this story try to subvert the, uh, God given rights that are enshrined in our Bill of Rights. Uh, by convincing us that there are bigger problems that need more government to solve. 
That's how I come at these stories. So right now, I'm here with my producer, Brad Binkley, and um, we're talking about Stormy Daniels, her article in Playboy. Not just talking about that because she's interesting or whatever. I'm talking about it, or like in the news, because I actually think that the Stormy Daniels story, the Russian uh, collusion stories, those things are uh, created or misconstrued or whatever, used for political purposes by both sides. Like, it's not always clear who's benefiting. And I'm not picking on Stormy Daniels and the Russian bots in defense of Donald Trump. I think that he's as much a part of the dialectic as everything else, the dialectic, the two sides, um, by by keeping us, you know, uh, the left and right of the people, of the voters, fighting each other, we don't realize that it's really us versus them. It's really the people at the top wanting centralized power for themselves and making sure we are at each other's throats for things like identity, stuff that you can never resolve. And that keeps our eye off the ball of real policy, like a bigger national debt, you know, an ever-increasing, record-breaking national debt that we can never repay. And so I view a lot of these stories as either smoke and mirrors or um, deception. And the Stormy Daniels story, so she did this interview, and there were some. she had some interesting points to make but towards the end she says some stuff that uh that misrepresents who she is and why she's there and i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it all together at the end but let's just talk a little bit about what she said take it at face value binkley you brought this article to me do you have any um interesting quotes from her anything you want to talk about assuming what you see is what you get and yeah the quote that i like the most is the one that she made about feminism and hashtag me too, because the target audience that they're trying to draw in here is people who hate Trump. That's how it works. If you if you fight Trump, then people who hate him will come support you. But then Stormy uh, is going to really make them upset. Like on on feminism, she says, it's not that I don't identify with feminism. I just think it's gone way too far. It has lost its its original connotation. I love men, and I think they're kind of getting a bad rap right now. I don't want to be part of that. I don't know a single guy who should be punished because your great-grandmother did, didn't get to vote. Well, she probably sees firsthand the kind of inherent contradiction of um, women's lib, feminism. On the one hand, and I, I'm a big Star Trek fan. The original show was really supposed to be progressive, um, gender-wise, race-wise. It really was cutting edge. And these really forward-looking astronauts, astronauts, whatever, chicks in the future, were literally walking around with their underwear hanging out. You know what I mean? And they were just pure sexual objects. And I could never reconcile how that was supposed to be the progressive future. And I think the idea is... The message is supposed to be that we can be as sexual as we want, and you need to to get past that. You need to not not associate. You know, it's just an inherent conflict, an inherent contradiction. Like the so she may feel that way because here she is selling sex, like literally, right, getting paid for sex, and is that the ultimate act of feminism to? to be the one to benefit from 
from being the sexual object or as a sexual object, does that uh, make you inherently not a feminist, right? Because you're supposed to divorce yourself. So you can own it and divorce yourself from it at the same time. So she probably sees that and just got past it because at that point, it is a dialectic. At that point, it's meant to put people at loggerheads, which is probably why it's set in those terms, like don't touch me and I'm in my underwear. Yeah, I think Stormy is probably opposed to the type of feminist activity. There's all these different waves of feminism. She is not – her history, based on my understanding, she would be completely th- – those people would not like her at all. That's it. You know, it's for hard Trump. for me to get my mind around that she could be in any way, shape, or form a hero of the left. Right. I mean, I just see her on the back of a Harley with a cowboy hat on and, a, you know, a, 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 an American flag bikini. Like, that's how – that's the image she gives. Yeah, it, it really shows how easily – People can be pulled in to supporting something that doesn't align with what they believe in at all. Simply by saying, I'm going to stand up to Trump, they don't care that everything else about the person is in violation of what they claim to stand for. Not to mention, to me, the reason I can't even take it seriously as a she's being a hero of the left is it's, she's an actress, and this whole thing seems like an act, mm-hmm. and Trump was an actor. So, uh, you know, I just I, I just do not know where the reality show begins and ends with. And I'm not saying like, oh, the White House is a, is a circus. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like a very high level kind of deception of of how the puppets are now presented to us. You know, you have to be an outrageous outsider. Obama, they really had to. I mean, if you take it from my point of view, where you're talking about the real power lying above the parties. So if people are familiar with Tragedy and Hope by Carol Quigley, who was Clinton's mentor, he says in there, we we foster this left-right two-party dialectic so that people can fight each other and year after year, election after election, quote, throw the bums out, but they're all our bums, like the guys at the top. All the bums are the guys at the top bums. So you try to get somebody like Obama who looks like an outsider, Trump who acts like an outsider, and if you dig into their backstories, they're really not outsiders. Their families have deep connections to government um, and to the power elite. So when I see a story like Stormy Daniels, I think this, you know, she may even be there to make Trump look victimized. You know, I don't even know what the real story is there, but she definitely does not strike me as a feminist hero of the left. She strikes me, and there are definitely people who are pulling her strings at the top but she's very willing and she strikes me as someone who's having a blast with it like a year and a half long publicity stunt that's making her a whole bunch of money well it's a great second career for a 40 year old porn star i would think you know a nice way to go a nice way to kind of uh your your swan song she's got to be the first person in history to have 303 pornography credits before she appears in playboy (laughs) oh i'm sure I mean, how they don't they? They probably have not mostly none, right? Not usually. It's kind of like a coming out party. Playboy is, you know, you finally <laughs> debutante. The, there's the debutante ball of the porn star, right? So, um, so anything else that you are uh, you take at face value in that article? She she's just running her mouth trying to she's trying to tease out the Trump juicy story that she has. She does that on every interview she gives. She acts like she's going to reveal something even juicier about um, the alleged affair that her and Trump had. And then when you read it, it just ends up being 
a bunch of more. It's just fluff. So you know why I don't believe it even happened, right? I'm not sure it did either. I don't believe it because he's a notorious germaphobe. And and I believe that. They tell stories that I was behind him. He's from New York. I was behind him once in a convenience store. And he had his, like, bodyguards or whatever. And he was pointing at things and having the other people pick them up. Maybe and he that did that to be, Stormy. That could, yeah. Maybe he, maybe he did that with Chase. And also, he's notoriously cheap. So I don't think he pays for it. I can see that. I, I The germ thing. That's why I didn't believe the dossier with him having people pee. I it's wouldn't just, put it past him to do it. What germaphobe would do that? Would pay people? You know what I mean? What cheapskate germaphobe is paying for that? Uh, yeah, I definitely am not believing the pee story. But the Stormy Daniel story, I could buy him doing that. I just don't believe her. Uh, her story is inconsistent. All right. Well, let's let's talk to Joe. Joe has something to say about Stormy. Uh, Joe, can you hear me? You're on with Monica. Yeah. Hey, Joe, Thanks for taking my call, Mark. Hey, look, I'd get my right arm to go see uh, – Stormy Daniels, and I haven't been in a strip club in over 30 years. But let She's me on tour. This. Make America horny again. <laughs> That's the name, yeah. Well, but let me say this. I think she's she's more smarter and intelligent than a lot of people want to give her credit for. Mm-hmm. I think, like I said a while ago, uh, she just got taken in. Michael Avalotti, or how you pronounce his name, I think yeah. he's just a good BS artist. He took her. He saw an opportunity. He promised her stuff he couldn't possibly deliver, and it all backfired on him. And I think she's just a victim. I think uh, she's probably not a bad person. I kind of take pity with her. I think she's just a victim of uh, a lot of people that just hate Trump, you know. And I don't think she necessarily hates Trump, but uh, she probably saw dollar bills. She saw an opportunity that I think a lot of us would probably, probably if I was an attractive woman, I'd probably go for it and uh, try to see if it would work. But, All right, Joe, I, you're, you're, I appreciate your position, and you probably don't know what Binkley dug up on Stormy Daniels that I think might, uh, might change your opinion. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to read an excerpt from the article. I'm going to read it now, let it sink in over the break, and then after the break we're going to tell you why I call BS on that, and I think that Joe might change his mind. This says, uh, this is the Playboy article. Can you blame Stormy for not wanting to be part of the conversation? She can't remember the last time she Googled herself. And as for politics, well, no thank you to that, too. My contribution to society is to provide people an escape. A large portion of my fan base is guys in the military or people going through difficult times. And the last thing I want to think about is that stuff. My job is to give these guys 12 minutes where politics don't exist. And the last thing you want to do is get in an argument with a customer. That was ingrained in her when she was 18 and working at the local something bar. If men attempted to engage her in a political discussion, which they would, especially around election time, she would change the subject with, let's talk about sex. So, uh, indeed, it is capitalism and not feminism that drives her current club tour, Make America Horny Again. So, <clears throat> so this is what she's saying. She's saying that since she was 18 and working in a topless bar, she avoided politics. She would change the subject to sex. She's not interested. Her contribution to society is to provide people an escape that she, the last thing she wants to do is to get into a political discussion with uh, her clients. 
So this is the person that she's presenting herself as. She's really constructing an image of herself, I think, consistent with what Joe is saying. And I believe that 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 the media is fostering that image. And this is where uh, this is an example of how I believe the media intentionally ignores real news because their larger priority is uh, is the policy or the politics. So there's stuff that you can find just scratching the surface on her that contradicts this. And then, of course, if you're D- Binkley, you dig deep and, uh, and you really get the good stuff. So I'm going to tell you right after this break what... Um, uh, what I know about her that completely contradicts what she just said. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. This is Monica Perez and for Mark Aram. Uh, we are talking about him with uh, Brad Binkley, my producer. We're talking about Stormy Daniels. She just did an article, an interview in Playboy, and... Uh, she talked about how she's not interested in politics. She figured that out when she was 18. She just she is selling escapism. And she if people start talking politics, she says, let's change the subject. Now, there are a couple of articles in the news these days that you can find. But mostly the articles are 10 years old from when she considered a run. She did a, quote, listening tour where she said she was serious and spending her own money to challenge the Republican Louisiana Senator uh, Vitter. Was it David? Uh, I think it's David Vitter. And um, so she was running. First, she, she said she's not affiliated with any party. She was doing it on her own. She had these strong opinions. And then uh, she declared as a Republican. So she was trying, maybe she was trying to win against him in the primary, or maybe she was running to split the ticket. This is something Binkley and I talked about last week on uh, the Saturday show in Alabama. It was recently discovered, revealed that Democratic operatives were uh, promoting a Republican write-in candidate to split the ticket against Roy Moore. We've got more smoking gun stuff on that. If you want to go to uh, iTunes Propaganda Report or Monica Perez Show and listen to that last show, it's very interesting. We're going to follow up on that a little bit this Saturday or maybe even later tonight. But the the point is that Democratic operatives can do stuff like that. And uh, Stormy was being helped by a Democratic operative named Brian Welsh, I believe, at that time. But even the articles that you read about it now and then all made it uh, sound like it was her idea. And these guys just gave her a little bit of help. One guy, one Democratic operative was on her listening tour uh, because he had nothing better to do. And not because he was trying to help her disrupt this race when they were trying to get this Republican out. But Finkley found absolute smoking gun evidence that uh, she was a Democratic operative 10 years ago. So let's get to that right after the break. 404-872-0750. This is Monica Perez. No, I'll run this town to be near you. No, gray skies ever turn blue. I 
Monica Perez, in for Mark Aram. I am the libertarian voice on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6 normally. But if you haven't heard my show, I'll just tell you I'm a hardcore libertarian. I think the government does more harm than good at this point. I'm willing to give the American experiment a try, but it is... uh, it's absolutely gasping its last breath, in my opinion. So, but it is just one breath is good enough for me to want to kick that can down the road and protect or at least defend in whatever small way I can the Bill of Rights. But I, what I see, uh, the conclusion, I have drawn the conclusion that the the government at this point is so corrupt and uh, has a conflict of interest with the people that uh, I just, I don't accept the official narrative. Some of the stories that we are, uh, are trotted out to us. We were talking about Stormy Daniels. I'm, my producer, Brad Binkley, is here with me. We're talking about her recent interview in Playboy where she talks about she's not interested in politics. She's just trying to do the right thing. And, uh, With just the slightest amount of research, you can find articles from 10 years ago talking about how she was uh, running as a spoiler against Senator, I guess, David Vitter at the time, a Louisiana guy. And she was she was an operative of the Democrats at that time. And the fact I don't even I'm not even criticizing her for it. I'm just saying that why why doesn't Fox bring that out today? Why isn't that a big story? Why doesn't it, uh, you know, why why don't they expose the fraud? And I've seen that so many times. One thing was we talked about last week, I just mentioned it before the break, it was just revealed that in the Roy Moore election in Alabama, big Democratic operatives, big people, the people who wrote the Senate report on Russian social media tactics were actually posing as Russian bots and following Roy Moore's Twitter account in order to discredit Roy Moore. If this is the first you've heard of this, you have to ask why. Why doesn't at least the the Fox side of the equation come out and expose the Russian bots as Democrat operatives and say, hey, the default position now is Russian bots are Democrat operatives because that's the only proof that we have of what a bot, Russian bot is, is Democrat. And there, I haven't seen any proof of anything else. So this is, this is why I question these official stories that dominate the news, either to serve some purpose, to discredit some people, to push some policy, or simply as a distraction, a personal story, a diversion that keeps us from focusing on big policy issues, wars overseas, what's really happening, what what's actually, you know, I believe that we've basically lost in Syria. But if Trump declares victory and pulls out and then the loss becomes exposed, the Hawks can say, see, that's what happens when you pull out. Let's double down. You know, that's what they said about Obama. That's what happens when you don't when you don't you're not aggressive enough. Obama dropped 20,000 bombs on Syria his last year in office and the second to last year. And I I just don't have the data before that. But these are the the narratives that are spun uh, that 
you can, I don't think you can trust either side to just pull the the curtain back on any of these stories. So the Stormy Daniels thing, you might even say, all right, so she threw a hat in the ring, whatever. Uh, maybe it was a lark. But it wasn't a lark. She was recruited. And that's not in any of these reportings. But Binkley found it in her own words. So can you tell me what this is that you found exactly? These are clips from 2009. Which is funny because she was interviewed on CNN all the time back then as well. They conveniently seem to forget about that and don't report on that now. Because what is the likelihood that a person is gets rises to? I've never been on CNN. You know what I mean? I have like hundreds of hours in mainstream media in Atlanta, and I've never been on CNN, which I don't want to be. I don't care, but I'm just saying it's pretty hard to get on CNN. It's like joining a circus. Well, it's like I don't get it. CNN is like a circus. It's, it's a. It's just a traveling show. Oh yeah, and they. It's like when I, as my star, as a Star Trek fan, it's like the same actors play different roles. But she's a Klingon. What the? <laughs> she's not a Vulcan. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. But they don't. They act like they don't recognize these people. But that's a pretty small community. You know, that's a pretty heady place to say. It, I just. Ne- I always smell a rat when the same actor she's an actor pops up again so this was on cnn that you this clip you have is most of these clips were on cnn a couple were on msnbc and one was on fox we have three here i can't remember specifically i think this first one was cnn okay i think the first one was the smoking gun one that i thought uh clip eight let's see let me play it from the archive yeah have you been recruited to run against uh david vitter uh, I have. This is not something that I asked for. I'm apparently I'm being drafted. By whom? Um, a group of politician. Uh, I'm sorry, a political group down in Louisiana. The Democrats have put out a statement saying, "Look, they're not the ones behind this. This is this is not coming from the Democratic Party officially." Uh, do you know otherwise? Um, as far as I know, this is not the Democratic Party. It's a a grassroots movement. It's independent. Although, once again, I'm not really sure who it is. Is that it was a that, Democrat strategist. Right, that's <laughs> Brian Welsh, yeah, yeah, I know. And um let's let's play the so did she say in there that it was a bunch of politicians? I mean not politicians. Was that where she did that little Freudian slip or is that in one of the other clips? She that says might. it in one of the others, I think. Yeah, let's let's there's two more. Let's just play those other two. Start. start. I'm open with my sexual activities and I might be a porn star, but I haven't done anything illegal. And I guess the big question is uh not just why is David Vitter in office, but why is he not in jail? Sounds That's a lot very... like what they say about Trump. Yes, and actually it reminds me of that really mean-spirited jingle you played for me earlier today. Uh, can you can you spool that up in, like, real time here and or not? Let's play the other clip. I'll pull it up while we're playing it. Okay, so, yeah, the next stormy one. Let's go. If he's so awful that they're trying to get me to run, I think people really need to go out there and vote. And if I can use my name and my image to bring attention to the fact that people need to register to vote and and get people like Vetter out of office, if they hate him so much, why is he there? So the story, that story was clearly that somebody put her up to it. I mean, she was admitting that openly. But if you just read the text, and that stuff isn't like those videos that you just pulled clips from were not embedded in any of the articles I read when I was trying to search 
this story. So that was not what the press was writing, that she was put up to it. They were writing the opposite, that that these guys were around because they were they were atta- attracted to her. I had no better lunch offers today was one of the quotes. Uh, but if you do you have that uh, that jingle? I do. All right, let's hear it. It's pulling up. It's going to take a second. All right, but this was this was tweeted about, and uh, this was for this Christmas. It's a very Mueller Christmas at a bunch of celebrities. It's yeah. it like one of those celebrity PSAs. Public service announcement. See, Stormy Daniels in that last clip. That's just another to- talking point that we hear all the time. Right now, you got to get out and vote this evil person out of office, and I'm going to be the spokesperson who's doing the right thing to help you do it. And he should be in jail. Like, like um, Hillary and Trump, and it's all so the jail thing is like uh, the illegitimacy thing that I've noticed in all these elections. So Bush had the hanging Chad, then the Ohio voting machines, then uh, Obama had Acorn intimidating voters and Kenyan birth. And then this time around, Hillary was going to have illegal immigrant votes. Ted Cruz was going to have his Canadian citizenship, which he was a Canadian citizen. And Trump has the Russian collusion thing. They just get on, they get their teeth into these themes. It's illegitimate or he should be in jail. Yeah, they repeat these themes over and over again. This is a very Mueller Christmas. And the tweet says it's from the Democratic Coalition. And it says, Mueller should arrest Trump. Retweet if you agree. Then listen to the song that we titled, We Wish You a Mueller Christmas, sang by Patriots in the Resistance. So here it is. We wish you a mother Christmas. We wish you a mother Christmas and impeachment next year. We wish you a mother Christmas. We wish you a mother Christmas. We wish you a mother Christmas and impeachment next year. Indictments will come to you and your kin. Indictments for Christmas and impeachment next year. We wish you a Muller Christmas. I can't take any more. You got to stop. You it. didn't love that song? I didn't. What? Why? Did, you know, I understand. I understand the issues, but like the the hate, you know, it's just hate. Indictments for what? These people are so unbelievably clueless. It's it's insane. They they've never seen Mueller in person. Mueller is a myth to them. You, you never you don't ever hear his voice. You don't see his face. He could be dead for all we know. And these people are just supporting him. They don't know anything about him. Well, we did a show on what a deep state actor that guy is. Holy cannoli! I mean, they, the government, just like Comey, has had to pay out millions of dollars for false uh, falsely. Accusing, charging, prosecuting people in the service of these these uh, psyops. Yeah, and all the same liberal magazines and websites that love him now were writing about how terrible he was when he was the head of the FBI because he was expanding mass surveillance and he wanted drones to spy on Americans. My, it's it's almost comical, like how knee jerky the the parties can do to you, like that. The left is criticizing Trump for pulling out of Syria is just insane. Like, what is the left good for if not anti-war? You know, I understand they like welfare. 
but they were supposed to hate warfare. And now we have both parties are the welfare warfare party. So why is it more polarized than ever? I just don't even understand it. You know, it's crazy is how much power they're giving to Putin by doing that, because whatever Putin says, it does not matter. They're going to hate it. He could say, I agree that we should be nice to dogs. That's Trump said that, And they would say that it's treasonous that Trump says that we should be nice to dogs just like Putin. And and they really validate Putin in his own country. He's got his own propaganda to run. This really helps him. And it makes you think that to the extent there is a power elite, it is truly international and that we are on a 3D chessboard playing towards a much bigger game that we're not even aware of. 404-872-0750. This is Monica Perez. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. This is Monica Perez filling in for Mark Aram. So we have uh, a prize to give away. It is a pair of tickets to see Three Dog Night in concert Friday, April 5th in Byers Theater at the Sandy Springs Performing Arts Center. Tickets are being sold now at CitySprings.com. Uh, I actually saw Three Dog Night in a club in Denver, and I believe Steppenwolf. Same club, maybe the same time. It was uh, They had already passed their prime, but it was an awfully fun evening. So highly recommend that. And uh, what's also going to be very fun this evening is, Binkley, uh, you have a trivia question for us, right? The, whoever gets the trivia question right is going to get the prize. So we're, we'll, we'll read it out now. We'll read it out after the break, and we'll take some calls. And the screener doesn't even know what the answer is, so we're just gonna we're just gonna tee people up, and the first person who gets it right, right, is that the plan? Right. All right. right. What's the question? The nickname Thunder and Lightning is the name that Golden State Warrior coach gave to the Kevin Durant and Steph Curry super duo in Golden State. The name that hold on, hold on. This is a multiple choice question. Yes, multiple choice. That was the first. All right, start choice. over. Thunder and Lightning is the nickname given to the duo A A of Kevin Durant and Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors, given by Steve Kerr. Okay, B. B, the name of Canelo Alvarez, the boxer that you were speaking of earlier, the name given to his fist. Right, his two fists, right, okay. Or C, what Stormy Daniels named her breast. <laughs> you always got to work blue, Binkley. You always got to work blue. Breast is not blue. <laughs> I guess we opened that can of worms. Okay, so let's see who knows the answer to that question. I uh, Oh, we've already got some takers. So we'll have to... I did promise it at 8.30, so we'll have to read it again. But for better or worse, after the break... Uh, and what else should we do to wrap up the show? We're on until 9. We, we've exposed Stormy Daniels in full. We uh, <laughs> told people about that Alabama bot thing, but we should tell – I, I want to give people um, three shows I think they might want to go back and listen to. The thing about Max Kellerman uh, making fun of Steph Curry for saying the moon landing thing the when we expose Mueller, I want people to listen to that. And then just last week, we talked about uh, how the Russian bots who were following Roy Moore's account on Twitter were actually Democrat operatives financed by the LinkedIn 
billionaire. So those are three episodes. We'll tell you uh, how to listen to those shows after the break, and we'll play this game. 800 WSB Talk. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez in for Mark Aram. I am the Libertarian on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6. So if you've heard my show, you know sometimes I go down the rabbit hole. Uh, But mostly I try to, uh, or I always try to stick to principles and give you my Libertarian perspective on the news and issues of the week. Uh, But I also like to have fun, and Binkley has brought me some fun. My producer, Binkley, is here with a quiz so that I love to give out prize packs. I asked the station if they had a giveaway, and they did. It is a pair of tickets to see Three Dog Night in concert Friday, April 5th, in Byers Theater at the Sandy Springs Performing Arts Center. Tickets are on sale now at citysprings.com. And that's going to be great. I have actually seen Three Dog Night, and uh, it's pretty fun. So... You're going to want this. And uh, the first person to get this right, you can call the regular line, 404-872-0750. We'll get it. So let's reread the question, then I'll get to some calls. Thunder and Lightning is, A, the nickname given to superstar teammates Kevin Durant and Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors by coach Steve Kerr. B, what boxer Canelo Alvarez calls his fist, or C, what Stormy Daniels named her breast. All right. Let's go to the phones. Uh, I'm going to go to Deb on line one. Deb, you are on with Monica and Binkley. Hey, Monica and Binkley. Love your show. Thank you. Thank you for calling. What you got? So I, so it was, A was the, go over it again for me real quick. A A was was was, the, was uh, the the nickname given to superstar teammates Kevin Durant and Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors? Right. Is what's big? That's in California. <laughs> Steph Curry. So what? So B is Canelo Alvarez's fists. Yes. And C is Stormy Daniels' breasts. I'm going to say B. Canelo Alvarez fists. Binkley. That is incorrect. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> And I love three dog nuts. You know, oh, you know what? We got to give it to her anyway. <laughs> I think we should give it to her anyway. Because the thing is, first of all, I don't think anybody else got it right. So I've got <laughs> nobody who got it right to give it to. And, uh, and but the clue is her name is Stormy. Oh, man. Thunder and lightning. <laughs> So if well, somebody had called it, with that, the right answer, I would not be giving you the – but you but, were the first person to call. So even though you got it wrong, we're going to give it to you. That, that's awesome. But that was just too obvious. Is the only reason I know. Is. Yeah. I didn't realize it either. And then I was like, oh, of course, Stormy. Anyway, okay, thanks for calling, Deb. Have a great time at the show. And, uh, yeah, it's a good show. So I'm glad she liked that. Uh, yes, I wouldn't have taken it from somebody who got it right. But nobody was <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So, uh, before, so we've got one, we have time for this, I think. I opened the show talking about, uh, you know, Max Kellerman giving Steph Curry a hard time for not, for saying that he didn't believe in the moon landing. So this is on a podcast and, uh, Steph Curry came out shortly after he said that and got a lot of flack and said, NASA contacted me. 
They're going to be giving me some education. Stand by. I'm sure I will see the light. And then, I mean, that's not a quote. It's just what I remember. Basically, he tweeted. Then, after that, he said, uh, you know what? Actually, I was kidding the whole time. Because <laughs> the guy got under so much pressure. So, uh Everybody went bananas on this guy. And for me, first of all, there are some conspiracy theories that uh, – God, Binkley, wait. I just want to point out that it was a podcast hosted by Hawks players who also expressed belief that they did not believe the moon landing. Nobody cared about the Hawks players because nobody cared about the Hawks. That really disappointed me. <laughs> you know what's funny, though, is that what they're saying is they don't believe in the moon landing. Yeah. Right, so the moon landing is the belief. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The moon believing in it is the act is the action, and they're just saying I don't believe it. You haven't convinced me. Yeah. Which I think is interesting, and I love so so people threw them under the bus, whatever. Um, but Kyrie Irving did it. Uh, he kind of defended him, and here's the thing: so Kyrie Irving, so that I read an article that you sent me that said. But who cares what he thinks? He said the world is flat. So I investigated that. And all the video clips and everything were him and LeBron or whatever joking about that. He was joking. I never heard him actually say it. And then when you click through on Wiki, which is reporting it, Wikipedia, in the footnote, it shows the podcast where he supposedly said it and the podcast is no longer there. <laughs> so the footnote in the Encyclopedia of Record doesn't actually tell us what he actually said and everything else is kind of parody and he obviously isn't going back down that road Kyrie Irving is not going to go down that road he just said you know why do we what 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 was your takeaway from his interview I don't want to play it's too long but when when what Kyrie Irving said what was significant about that well and Ky then I want to Kyrie say Irving about was yeah. basically what? crucified for what the flat earth thing so what he said about Steph Curry is he basically said that we're NBA players. We have thoughts and opinions, and we question things as well as we get older. And when we say something, when we question something that the, they don't like, they treat us like we're not a human. And they'll play us on the media and tell us that we should just continue playing basketball and not talk about stuff like this. And he pointed out CNN specifically, and he's like, but CNN saying all this stuff about how we shouldn't have an opinion, yet they're the ones who are reporting about us 24-7. Yeah, so he's got a great point, and then he ends it just like I think Kanye ended, um, like he was totally made fun of for whatever his press conference at Trump. But both of these guys at the end said, you know, there are more important things. What we need to do is love each other. Yeah, and like that sounds maybe like a platitude or something people say all the time, but in reality, that is really the. That is the answer to all this that, it, you know, like you're we wish you a Mueller Christmas and impeachments and indictments. You know what I mean? Like, how is that a Christmas? You know what I mean? Just even even the Germans stopped shooting on Christmas. Right. Like that, you know, during the war. So. But what I like about these guys and what why they're being attacked is that they're questioning assumptions. They're questioning Authority. They're questioning what they're being told, and they're saying, you know what? I actually am not 100% positive. I know that that's true. So the flat earth thing I've given thought to, and 
I was in the Concord once and I looked out the window and the earth looked round to me. So I'm convinced. And I actually, whatever, I flew from New York to Indonesia to Japan, back to New York, all going east. You know, so I just feel like, and the sun was in the right place. I don't think the earth is flat because I observed it. I... But the moon landing has, there's, there's a possibility. I can't verify that myself, right? You really cannot verify yourself. And you could think of it as a, uh, people are like, well, who, how could they keep that secret? Well, they kept the Manhattan Project secret, which was the nuclear weaponry. 100,000 people kept that because it was a war effort. But the moon landing, you have to remember, was a Cold War effort. You think I'm just going off the rails? No, I was just looking at a tweet. It's just ironic while you're saying this. You got a tweet from at BP Cam that says, thought about you while watching this, and it's a picture of the Matrix, Matrix red pill. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. And that movie probably has its own like ulterior motive, but I just I love it. I love sci-fi. I know it's telling the future, but I, I love it anyway. But uh, thank you for that. But I was, but I was looking into... Uh, so I was thinking about this Cold War thing, and I thought, if we hadn't, if we had lost the space race, if we had announced we were going to the moon, JFK announced we were going to the moon, if they didn't, if they couldn't do it, they would have had to have faked it. And then a mere 20 years later, the actual, uh, and I'll tell you how I know that, the actual Cold War ended 20 years later. Why? I was thinking about this because of what Steph Curry said on Kyrie Irving. Uh I was thinking about this. It ended because the Soviets were petrified of Ronald Reagan's Star Wars. The Star Wars thing, which I found an article from the New York Times from 1993 called The Star Wars Hoax. And it says that Casper Weinberger and the Pentagon could not make Star Wars work. So they spent a lot of money shooting stuff into the sky that had like a little receptor thing. So, of course, a Russian missile isn't going to say, hey, shoot me. But they put a little sticker on the missiles that they were demonstrating that, said, that was a homing device for the, the counter missiles, right? So when they demonstrated Star Wars, it looked like it worked. And they even deceived Congress. That's what this New York Times article is saying. Wait, so you're saying that Ronald they Reagan pretended said, we to shoot down Russian missiles? What? Are you saying they pretended to shoot down Ru- yeah, Russian Yeah, well, they missiles? pretended to, that they could shoot down Russian missiles by shooting down dummy missiles okay. that were ours. And they said, look, we can shoot down missiles. But they can only shoot down our missiles because our missiles had homing devices on them. They <laughs> couldn't actually get the tracking stuff so good that they could shoot incoming missiles down. And I think Israel can do it with the Iron Dome. So I think it's a real thing now. But when... And so, of course, we can do it, too. But Reagan, in the 80s, threatened this. And people said it's impossible, it costs too much money, but he was just bluffing, supposedly, right? That's what this New York Times article is saying. But but it ended the Cold War. And that bluff never would have worked if we had lost the space race in the 60s, right? So the Star Wars thing, all I'm saying is the Star Wars thing is an admitted hoax, pulled off by the Pentagon as a space race effort in order to psychologically defeat the Soviets and bring an end to the Cold War, which it did. And that's all I'm saying. So sh- so don't you want to, I mean, wow, just thinking, you know? And then people freak out if you think. Yeah. Uh, that's why they killed Socrates. Well, that's what the Kellerman thing sounded like <laughs> with Steph Curry, is that he said, uh, 
you know, he's corrupting the youth or something. It was so creepy. But I've got a couple of calls because this is interesting stuff. So I have to take him fast, though, because we're getting towards the end. So let me take whoever was on first. I'm going to go to Greg. Greg, you have one one or two minutes. Go. Yeah, Hi, just Greg. a brief observation. As a young man in, in July of uh, in the 60s, I witnessed the lunar landing on uh, on the moon. And something I've always wondered, I follow technology very closely, especially anything involving space. Why do we not have any images of all the landing sites on the moon? How easy would it be to say, and here's the first landing over 50 years ago on the surface of the moon? Well, Google says they can show that, but if you look at the picture they show, it is not convincing. And the one thing that I was curious about was how, uh, why wasn't their number one task to shut down all the lights, get a camera, open the aperture as wide as it gets, slow down the shutter speed, and get, for the first time ever, a different perspective on the constellations. Interesting point. I just want to see a picture of the sky. And That's, that's, pr- that's proving my own thoughts of conspiracy, yet I hate conspiracy. I know, but this one's a tough one because what? When? since when did we lose the ability to have live video streaming uh from the Earth to the moon. Like, that that was quite an achievement <laughs> for the 69 with no lag time. Especially all the, the stories you hear about the modern-day cell phone has more compute power than the entire right. uh, operations that put a man on the moon. So uh, how hard would it be to go, well, duh, there's the first one, two, three, four, five sites where we landed on the moon. I know. Uh, yeah, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, you don't see one image, do you? Well, Google has a blurry image. Look it up. I love the call. Thanks, Greg. Jay, hang on. I'll get you right after the break. This is Monica Perez. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. This is Monica Perez with the privilege of filling in for Mark Aram today, wrapping it up. Uh, I'm going to take one last call. Going to talk to Jay. Jay, you're on with Monica. Hello, Monica. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Wonderful. I mean, I've always uh, enjoyed your show. Happy to be coming back in town. And I heard your uh, topic. I do believe that we landed on the moon. I have no actual proof, but I do believe we did. That was that is actually one of my earliest remembrances in life. But you mentioned something. Yeah, that's your specific. right. I respect it. Okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned something specific to uh, – the actual moon effort, and that's JFK's challenge that we would send a man to the moon in the yes. 60s and bringing back safely. Well, we know what happened to JFK, and I, um, the government, our mockingbird press, told us that he was killed by a lone assassin, and, of course, this lone assassin was killed two days later. I'm just curious about your opinion, uh, being, specifically being a member of the media as it relates to that entire situation you absolutely nailed my first opinion my first formed thought about jfk when i was a kid and i was learning about it i heard that that the guy was killed in police custody by some other guy and i remember i grew up in new york it was a mafia thing that you kill the patsy you kill the guy you get some outsider not a mafia guy to make your hit and then you kill that guy i actually knew somebody that happened to and um I said to my father, I was like, wait a second. So somebody just randomly killed that guy because he was such a patriot while he was in police custody, and they think that there was no cover-up there? And uh, 
I mean, so from the first moment I heard that fact that you mentioned, I just scratched my head. I mean, I don't know the real answer, but uh, I do not, quote, believe in the loan government theory. Binkley, we have 10 seconds. Tell people how they can hear our show. I'm going to link Propaganda Report podcast on iTunes and on Libsyn, and you can find it at Twitter on Freedom Act Radio and All right, Monica at, Perez Show. At Freedom Act Radio, at Monica Perez Show. Talk to you Saturday, 3 to 6, right here on WSB.